0: lugas share a lot of or transmit a lot of information so i'm saying that the the population comes back every year to that mackenzie delta area and we think that like by showing the young ones the roots while they're migrating and um, sharing information about um, about the area uh, with the others um, they kind of develop this i don't know it's like Kind of information sharing between uh, groups. Hello, my name is Alexandra Mayet, and I would say I'm a marine biologist focusing mainly on marine mammals.
1: Welcome to Below the Tide. My name is Liz, and I am your host. This week, we have an all-new topic with a new scientist, and that topic is belugas, with Alexandra Mayet, Studied beluga whales in the Canadian Arctic and has so many amazing things to share about her work and her experiences. So, we will jump right into it. If this is your first time listening to Blow the Tide, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Blow the Tide is basically a podcast where I'm trying to make marine science more accessible, more easy to learn by bringing you straight to the source, straight to the marine science experts. I'm giving them a place where they can share their research, share some of their work, share some of their great stories in an easy to understand way. You can follow on social media at Below the Tide Pod for educational resources and updates about the podcast. So I hope you grab a coffee and enjoy this episode.
0: Hello, my name is Alexandra Mayep and I would say I'm a marine biologist focusing mainly on marine mammals.
2: How have you gotten to where you are? Where did you start? Oh, do you want the like long version <laughs> or short version? <laughs> Whichever version is your favorite. <laughs>
0: well, it's it's funny because like I grew up in Gatineau in Quebec. Um, and for those who don't know where Getsno is, it's like basically just face to face with Ottawa, but on the Quebec border. So, very not close at all to the ocean or to the marine world. Um, and yeah, and like you talked with people, like they're back home and they're like, why are you a marine biologist? <laughs> like, no one is a marine biologist there. Like, it's very um, unique, I would say um and then I would say that the first time I saw the ocean so I was on a family vacation we went to New Jersey uh, Wildwood and we were just like you know on a resort on a beach like nothing special but like that was the first time I saw the ocean and like I just got like like I don't know amazed like I was like oh my god this is like so cool <laughs> and I want to learn everything about it so Um, I went back home and I looked like job and ocean on Google (laughs) and it just ended up being like, oh, oceanographer. And I was like, well, I want to be an oceanographer. That's it.
2: What was your project on belugas?
0: Yeah, so um, basically we did an aerial survey uh, just the summer before I started and I used this data to explore kind of the social behavior of belugas in the Arctic. Um, And we were focusing mainly on the Eastern Beaufort Sea population. So this is the population that is in Western Canada or the Western Arctic. Um, So just above Northwest Territories in that area. And it's a a very big population. It's one of the, the largest beluga population in Canada. Um, And they have this really large range. um, And and yeah, so I was interested in looking into social behavior um, using different techniques. So uh, I use aerial photos um, and I also use some um, GPS location of the position of belugas and created some kind of habitat modeling.
2: Could you give, like, a little bit of an overview of belugas, um, what we kind of know about them, what we don't know about them? Um, I feel like there's a lot of people who, you know, aren't familiar. It's not a species that they see around
0: them. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, belugas are, you may have seen photos. They're this, the white whale. Uh, They're all white. They're kind of a smaller whale compared to, like, the big killer whales or humpbacks. Um, They're only, like, three to four meters long. Um, They don't have a dorsal fin and they have this big melon head um, that is very like squishy. I mean, I never touched it, but apparently it's very squishy and it's filled with oil and fats um, that allowed them to do like uh, echolocation and they're very vocal whales. Um, They have this nickname of the cannery of the sea um and they're very specialized to live in the arctic um they have a thick blubber layer to keep them warm in the cold water um and the only southern population that we have is in um in the saint lawrence estuary uh but other than that every, like all the population are um in the arctic um and yeah and like compared to maybe humpback humpback whales or Um, other baleen whales uh, belugas are in the family of the odontocete so they don't have the baleen to filter um, all the little microorganisms they have teeth um, just like dolphins and they will eat more like fish and bigger invertebrates um, like crabs and octopus and and stuff like that Yeah. (laughs)
2: whoa I I mean I think that I've always like been a little bit familiar with belugas but I always forget yeah that they eat fish. Do they yeah. do they ever kind of because they're in the arctic are they ever going to for seals or it's mainly just fish?
0: Uh no, mainly uh they will uh eat whatever is in the water and yeah, mm-hmm. mainly um fish. The like arctic char would be the biggest fish maybe that they will get. Um, which can get pretty big. Um, but yeah, they they don't really go for seals or bigger than that.
2: Mm-hmm. And because they are kind of a northern species, is it weird that they are in the St. Lawrence estuary or it's just like that group has always kind of existed there?
0: Yeah, I think it's I mean, I haven't really studied that population specifically, but I think it's like A remnant of like the glaciation period where Mm -hmm. like they kind of got separated at one point from more northern population and they kind of just adapted to this area and now they're like permanent residents of the the St. Lawrence (laughs) which is like (laughs) so strange but (laughs) oh my goodness I love that
2: um and what is like their social behavior are they do they like You know, are they with a pack? Are they, you know? Yeah,
0: well, and that's a little bit what I was interested in my research. So belugas, we know that they're very social species, so they like to be in groups. We often see them more in groups than by themselves. Um, We know that. So for my population, so the Eastern Beaufort Sea population, they, they winter in the Bering Sea. So that's the, the big sea between Alaska and Russia. And then in the spring, they will migrate to the Beaufort Sea, so in Canada. So they do this long migration and they kind of follow uh, the ice re- uh, re- retreating um, as the, the, the water get, the water gets warmer and the air gets warmer in the spring. So We don't know a lot about what's happening in the winter, but in the summer, we know that they come in and then they aggregate into this um, estuary or delta, uh, which is the Mackenzie Delta. um, And they can reach up to like 2000 delugas in one place. Um, And they get there and um, the delta is very different condition than uh, the offshore or the Beaufort Sea. So the, the water temperature is warmer. Um, they, it's a lot more like fresh water more than salt water. Um, and we think that they use the place um, really to socialize um, and also take care of the young. So the young just uh, that got born or the one that are still uh, pretty small or they're not super adapted to, to swim well. So they kind of spend this time just like, Relaxing, chilling in the in the delta, Um, and they also use that time to rub their skin, so they will molt um, and remove some kind of like parasites on their skin. And so you see, sometimes belugas are like yellow or almost have like seaweeds on them, like greenish and brown uh, skin, and then they can rub it off and kind of get like a new skin. So it's a little spa for for beluga.
2: Whoa, um, (laughs) that's wild. So the delta that they're in, there's like a little bit of fresh water coming in from the glaciers. Uh,
0: it's from the river. So the Mackenzie River is um, running in Northwest Territories, and then it's just like the runoff of the river that just leads into the ocean, and it's kind of this mixture of fresh and and um, salt water. And it's very like turbid water uh, in Mm -hmm. that area, at least. Um, But yeah, but to come back to like uh, social behavior. Mm -hmm. um, So yeah, so we know that belugas aggregate there and other population will, um, we know that belugas will aggregate in in groups in the summer and kind of do the same thing where they spend a lot of time in big aggregation and uh, just socializing. We don't really know what, they do specifically for socializing like do they catch up with each other do they play um at this point like we don't really know um a lot about this um but um we think that like belugas share a lot of or transmit a lot of information so i'm saying that the the population comes back every year to that Mackenzie delta area and we think that like by showing the young ones the roots while they're migrating, and um, sharing information about um, about the area uh, with the others, um, they kind of develop this. I don't know. It's like kind of information sharing between uh, groups, and then like later on, later in the, the summer, they will kind of leave the delta and then spend more times separated into smaller groups and then sometimes we'll see them regrouping into bigger groups and sometimes like dissociating from into smaller groups so there's a lot of things that like we we observe and we know but it's still very like a a mystery of why they're doing this. Wow
2: and what's like the typical size of like a group of belugas like when they're just out migrating?
0: Yeah, so usually, um, it's not rare to see like, a group of two, three, five, um, sometimes you, it can reach up to like, 20 um, belugas. So like, yeah, sometimes it's smaller, sometimes it's bigger. And it's like, it's this thing where, um, when you do social behavior or sociality studies, um, there's like kind of two type of groups that you can form, or at least it's like, or a range, let's say. So on one side, you have very stable, small groups. So think about killer whales, where um, everything is around uh, the mother. So you have a group that is like the grandmother, the mother, the daughters, and then like kind of everyone around this pod. And then it's very stable throughout years and years of their lives. And then on the other side of that spectrum, you have... um, the and infusion groups so this is wh- more like dolphins so dolphins will be like in small groups and then you see them in like super pod and then it's like kind of like multiple little group that all comes together uh, for some reason for sometimes and then kind of dissociating so we believe that belugas are more kind of the fish fusion type of society more than stable um, but at the same time the like the, the baby beluga kind of spend at least like two to three years with their mother. So there's still a long period of time that they spend with the mother um, exchanging probably information um, and stuff like that. So it's kind of, you know, in the in this range of or on the spectrum somewhere between the two.
2: <laughs> That's so cool. I I love that you know, that that is also what we're assuming, that they're just, like, exchanging information and just raising their young, kind of like how we would raise our young. Mm -hmm. And would they interbreed with other groups, or do they just stay within their group?
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, So, the Eastern Beauforti population, when in the summer, they're very isolated, like, there's not really any uh, other population that comes in the area but when they winter um, where I, I said they winter in the Bering Sea there's like three other populations there um, that all comes in the winter in that same area and they did some genetic um, studies to see if there was interbreeding and apparently there isn't so is that like a diff like I don't know like do they recognize different population do they recognize like their own kind of pod or their own kind yeah (laughs) um, and then just decide to like keep breeding uh with their own Um, again like that's kind of like is that like information shared like i don't know it's it's a mystery (laughs) i don't know if we'll ever know um or if we do it'll be amazing but yeah it's very special
1: thanks for listening to this episode of below the tide don't forget to follow and rate and review this episode and i will be seeing you next week